Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. It's always a wonderful opportunity to uh, come across your airways, that you would take the time to be part of this podcast, this community. Really excited this morning. So a couple weeks ago, we had Pastor Tony Miller come by to visit. And you, many of you remember Pastor Miller uh, had been with us a couple times last year and then came back again this year. And uh, we gave Stephanie a vacation. And then uh, last week, Stephanie came back for a week. And uh, we're going to give Stephanie another week off this week. So with me is Pastor Josh Crockett, my pastor at Morningside Baptist Church in Greenville, South Carolina. He's been more than kind to come over and work with us this morning. We told him we changed up the format a little bit. And uh, what we're actually going to be doing this week now, today on Monday, we're going to go ahead and start back in Proverbs. And we're going to be in Proverbs 18 starting in verse number eight. But then on Friday, uh, I got a subject I want to go through with pastor. So we're going to have a special day Friday. We're going to be talking about Philippians uh, 4.8 in, in that litmus test or what Pastor uh, Miller called the Sith, putting things through a sieve in life, making sure these things are real and honest and all those. So you want to make sure you're here every week, uh, every day this week. You want to make sure you're hearing Pastor Crockett. And uh, I was telling Pastor Crockett, so we now put forth a characteristic, something that has people suffering that have PTSD or something that we do that makes our PTSD even worse. And one of those things is people with PTSD tend to be hurt by talebearers or gossips, tend to be hurt by somebody who tells tales about them, or uh, sometimes we can even fall into that terrible ca- uh, category, if not by the grace of God, if we don't do our own litmus ch- test. You know, when I say that with interpretation, you know, interpretation, I, I say that with humility. God knows I don't want to do that. But, uh, you know, even in this book of Proverbs, we're in, in 2019, he that goeth about as a talebearer reveal his secrets, therefore metal not with him that flattereth his lips. So so God is warning us to stay away from that gossip thing, to stay away from that talebearer thing. To, and, and, and you know, this pastor is one of those things. People with PTSD are hypervigilant, hypersensitive. They, they go through a bunch of junk. And, and, and what would you say to us as a way to get through these talebearers or to come out the other end of somebody saying some things about you that aren't necessarily true and things of that nature? Well, yeah, that, this is just such a huge issue, even in the church. Uh, we have certain sins in the church that everybody kind of shudders or their, their jaw hits the ground if they uh, hear about this particular sin. But when it's a sin like gossip, uh, that's, that's a respectable sin. That's something that uh, often gets disguised even as a, a prayer request, is yeah. the, the camouflage we use. And so the, the sad reality is that even... In the church, even in the Christian community, this is a very prevalent sin and, and something that, that so often um, we, we even maybe listen in sinful silence as someone is getting gossiped against or slandered. 
against. And so uh, this is this is one of those sins that as Christians we should condemn, we should refrain from. Uh, but it is it's difficult because Proverbs says so much about your name, your reputation. Yeah. A good name is better to be chosen. And so when when someone behind your back is slandering your good name, it, it just compounds. It's like salt on the wounds of, of someone who's struggling with PTSD. Yeah, this is, you know, I, I used to have a general that would say this is where the rubber meets the road when it comes to character. And, and probably the toughest thing that we go through, and I, I'm glad Pastor said that because it does happen in churches, and uh, we, we're not even immune to that in our church, which I think is the best church I've ever been a member of. I, I, people don't come up to me and gossip because they know I'm the guy who's going to grab them and say, hey, let's go talk to Pastor about that or something. <laughs> but I, I think that uh, this is what I think, friends. And, and I, I, I think that if you're being gossiped about and tales are being told about you, uh, this is where you pull out the character thing. This is where you have to do that Matthew 18 thing with the individual, especially if they're a member of your church. If they're a member of the body of Christ, at least go to them and say, hey, you're saying some things, you got it wrong. And I, you know, I would really appreciate if you don't do this anymore. And if they ask for forgiveness, everything's good. But in some cases, you got perpetual gossips that aren't going to change things, folks. And all you can do is pull, pull out your character hat as a uh, uh, General Timothy Maud used to say, the gentleman who got killed in the seventh uh, September 11th attack on the Pentagon, a dear friend of mine, is sometimes we got to pull out the character cap and uh, uh, we just got to move on. And, and so I say all that to say, listen, we know you're going through junks. We know that people who gossip, that say things about you, they're trying to make themselves look better. In a lot of cases, you know, when someone's trying to make themselves look better, they want to be the hero. They want you to be the zero. We get all that. Just be who you are. Trust God with it. Go to him. Do as much as you can do that way. But if that's all you can do, sometimes, you know, Alexander the Cop coppersmith had to be given over had to be turned around so leave it at that and uh, listen you're not alone in this there are people out there everywhere uh, who are going through the same things you're going through and we're going to be spending all day friday uh, talking about this the whole entire podcast we're going to be talking about what's the test we put on things and and how we come on to that so uh, i'm glad we got an opportunity to go that so pastor we're over in proverbs 18 starting in verse number eight and it says the words of a tailbearer, which is kind of what we were just talking about, are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. And uh, boy, we can be wounded. We we certainly uh, we we know what that's like. We uh, we know that wounds come when people hurt you. Wounds come when people talk about you. You know, we're a by nature a, a people that uh, just want to live peacefully among men, like the Bible says. But, you know, these people come along, and it tells us the words. that the, These are words. These are deeds. This is something that a talebearer, that a gossip is saying. Uh, you know, it, it's almost impossible to resist these types of things. And so I want to come at it from that angle. Um, we got to remember talebearers that say these things. We need to resist and walk away. Talebearer, those of us who w would be apt to be a tail bearer, bearer. Remember, it takes away someone's good name, uh, possibly. Uh, it can ruin someone's posterity. It's against God's will. It's against the commandments to bear false witness. It's, it's a lie. Uh, these are things, and it, and it goes down deep into our body. It goes down way low. I mean, it's something that affects us, Pastor. So, so being that tail bearer or putting up with that tail bearer has a major effect on us. Yes, and this 
obviously is such an important verse, the Holy Spirit actually has an identical repeat uh, in Proverbs 26, 22 is like a ditto uh, word for word of Proverbs 18, 8. So this is clearly something that the Holy Spirit wants to communicate to us. Um, <clears throat> I, I think one of the most difficult things is that, as you said, with Alexander the coppersmith, there are times when this actually separates friendships. And Proverbs 16, 28 says, a froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer, or again, referring to a gossip, a talebearer, separateth chief friends. So uh, gossip separates close friendships. And, and that's what is, is difficult in life is, is sometimes you realize who your, your true friends were and who they weren't uh, as, as a result of gossip. And so uh, this, this is just such a, a huge issue um, that each of us is going to face. But like Wounded Spirits, your ministry is all about uh, we're we're here to help, and yeah. God's word and the Holy Spirit are here to help those who have been wounded, whether it's by gossip, by abuse, by assault. Uh, there there is help for you. There is hope, and there's a way out, as Pastor was just saying, and that way is with God. And 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 folks, again, we have to make a decision every single day that how we're going to process these different things. Because I don't know about you, but we we have the tendency to work among evil people. People we love and care about can turn in just a second. So we got to give it to God, and and we're going to continue to talk on. Look at verse number nine. It says, "He that also that is slothful in uh, in business." So we see that in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. So it's talking about somebody who's not a worker, somebody who doesn't get things done. And through this Hebrew parallelism and stuff, it's, it's going right down and it's saying, listen, uh, there are people uh, lazy that are lazy, and laziness is a few things. I wrote this down in my study here. Laziness is theft. Laziness is selfishness. Laziness is neglect. And, uh, and, and it's something, you know, it's part of being a destroyer. I mean, laziness, it, it, it can take you over. Um, you know, the Bible talks about gathering, not scattering and, and, and things of that nature. I think it's very important that when we look at a slothful man, when we look at someone's work, we're talking about somebody who's not doing their job. And, you know, there's different levels of this, Pastor. For instance, I have a friend of mine that he, he said something to me, and I was able to talk with him about this. But he said, you know, Doug, this job is only a part-time gig. I'm not real happy with it anyway, so I'm just doing the minimum. And that's... To me, uh, that's like saying, you know, I'm drawing a paycheck. Uh, I've made a commitment. Uh, I know the Lord, but I'm just going to do the minimum. I mean, what does that say to you, Pastor, when someone would say something like that? Yeah, I think, unfortunately, that even for Christians is something that, that you'll hear is, hey, I'm, you know, I'm just doing this for the paycheck, uh, or I can get a bad performance review, but as long as I keep my job, I'm okay with that. For, for yeah. a Christian, that's just not... What we're called to in Colossians 3, 23 through 24 says, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as yeah. to the Lord and not unto men. So even if you don't have a great boss, even if you don't have great coworkers, you're not doing your job for them. You're doing it as unto the Lord, knowing that of the Lord, you shall receive the, the reward of your inheritance for ye serve the Lord Christ. So when we, we view our work as unto the Lord, it revolutionizes the way we work. And so hopefully we aren't being a fool and lazy in our work or poor in our job performance. 
Yeah, that's for sure. Hey, folks, for just one second, we're going to go over and check with our sponsors this morning. Again, hang right in there. We'll be right back. Well, it's great to be back with everybody, but they, you know, you know, there's a solid point I think that uh, that that's real here, and the, the solid point this, uh, and, and I think it's in the the book of in whatsoever you do is at Colossians, do heartily, not honest man, but uh, unto our Lord, and. There's a reality when you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's a reality that your ministry begins on that day. Some of you say, well, I don't have a ministry. You sure do. The day you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a sign uh, for the Lord and Savior. You're an advertisement. Everything you say and do goes back to who you believe in, who you trust in. And, And so, folks, I would say this to you this morning. I've met I've met literally hundreds of you, and you may not fall into this category, but at the same time, we got to help others, and we got to remember every day to do the job that, that God has given us, that has called us to do. I had a friend of mine that graduated from the Naval Academy, and he retired 22, 23 years later in Chesapeake, Virginia, and he was a nuclear engineer, and just a couple of years earlier, he could have got a job for $150,000. There were no jobs out there. It was during that 2011 12 time where nobody could get a job there was all this deregulation they were shutting down federal contracts and it was just impossible the man was having a a terrible time getting a job and he went to this place and they hired him as an assistant manager of a 7-eleven I'll never forget this and the man said something to me that I'll never forget this was a commander in the United States Navy he said you know Doug I'm going to be the best assistant manager that 7-Eleven ever had. That's mm-hmm. the jobs God's mm-hmm. got for me. Wow. Oh, and, and that 7-Eleven, it wasn't too far from our church. It got spotless. The floors were spotless. The bathrooms became clean. The, there was always window wash out there. The, you know, everything was swept up. It was a completely different looking 7-Eleven. After six months, he was the store manager. After two and a half years, he was the regional manager. Today, my dear friend, is the vice president of 7-Eleven. So wow. I'm here to tell you, wow. folks, you never know what God has for you. And uh, so we just do, we, we do it for God. And uh, even on our bad days when we don't feel that great, we do it for God. And uh, I love this next verse, Pastor. It says so much. And uh, I love the song that actually Stephanie Wesco and her family sings this, this song from John and uh, Marilyn uh, Van Gelderen wrote this song from this verse. But it says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. And I don't know about you, but just our Lord's name is a strong tower. It provides this, this wonderful and strong defense, just knowing who it is. We can run into him. The name of the Lord is a declaration of his character. It's a declaration of peace. It's a declaration of all who come here shall be taken care of. It's a, uh, so Lord alone, he's our love. He's our refuge. He's our mercy. He's our strength. He's our righteousness. So we should, as the second part of that verse says, run into him. We should run into him every day, Pastor. Yeah, when, when we think of all the names of the Lord, and, and you were just rehearsing some of, some of those names, Jehovah Nissi, he's our banner, Jehovah Rapheka, he's the one who leads, Jeho- Jehovah Jireh, he's the one who provides. When you think of all the different, as it were, corners or uh, stations on this tower that the Lord is to us, no wonder we can say, let's run to him. This is the strongest tower that you can imagine. And in, in, in your military background, I'm sure you've been to some yeah. pretty powerful forts and uh, places where you felt pretty safe inside because of yeah. the, the armament and because of the military surrounding it. This is um, stronger than any military presence of the world when we think we can 
run to, to the Lord as our strong tower. And that's why I think as, as believers, when you're going through a time of suffering, just to sing about Jesus, just to, to hear verses and, and memorize and meditate on verses about the Lord, there's a, a peace that that can bring just, just finding our strong tower in him. Yeah. Yeah, so every military operation of old, you would have a military base, and smack dab in the middle of that somewhere was dug out in a root cellar, covered up bombardments, you know, uh, so they couldn't they could take on bombardments and stuff. Was the safest place. It was, it was the farthest furthest location from anywhere you come on that base in the middle, protected by divisions, brigades, what, whatever the case may be, and the people would run to that. You know, it reminds me of when you go hunting, the animals run to their safe place. And there's an example here, like Pastor was just saying, we need to run to God every morning. We need to we need to go in that safe place every day. We need to be be with God, commune with God, listen to our Bible study, listen to this podcast and and tune in on what God has for us. And I and I like that. It's a strong tower. And uh, I think we can actually fit in one more verse today. And it says, uh, the rich man's wealth is a strong city. And as a high wall in his own conceits, or a rich man's wealth, in contrast to the righteous, you know, the righteous go into the strong tower. They hide in God. They, they do things like that. But uh, uh, this high wall is of our own esteem. We try to build up our own safety, our own refuges, and and I think that's what that's talking about there. And, uh, and and that high wall is built in our own conceit. You know, we're trying to provide our own cover. We're trying to provide our own refuge, our own safety. In many cases, Pastor, we're trying to provide our own salvation. I mean, man has got to this place where we're trying to do those things. And I mean, thinking of that, brother, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think um, this verse in, in many cultures around the world would be kind of the exception. The rich, the rich man uh, was the unusual guy in the city. As Americans, so many of us have wealth and yeah. have riches. And so this, I think, is especially... Uh, poignant for us that that verse 11 is the contrast to verse 10 that are you running to your wealth as your strong city do you think uh, as an American with your 401k and your nice house and your nice car that that that's going to somehow be your safety well brother Carragher and I both know when you when we've counseled people who are really who've had everything wiped out from when you get that cancer diagnosis your wealth isn't going to do you any good. Uh, your, your, your nice house is, is a great place to stay, but that's not going to save you uh, at the end of time. That's not going to save your life. And so uh, we need a stronger city and a stronger tower than our own wealth. We need the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, and, and, and I remember, I'm trying to remember the queen's name. Maybe Queen Victoria in England was on her deathbed. And uh, she was expected to die within, you know, an hour or two. And she said, everything I own for one more day. Mm-hmm. And uh, God alone is control. We talk about this, folk, from Acts 17, that he knows to be four in the half times of our habitation. And we also talk, as we did uh, a couple weeks ago with Pastor Miller, uh, talking about suicide and, and reminding everybody that Ecclesiastes 7 is in the Bible, among other verses, uh, uh, where it says in 717 uh, that we've been bought with a price. Why should we go before a time? And, and uh, uh, we, I, think, uh, I think we need to remember a couple things as we kind of wrap up what we covered a little bit today is where's our refuge? Ask yourself that question today. Who is my refuge? And what does my refuge have to offer? 
You know, I had a general officer tell me one time, uh, a three-star general said, you know, I, I'm a corps commander. I own three army divisions. And uh, I could wrap those three army divisions around me. But the truth of the matter is he did own three army divisions. He could wrap all three of them around him. But if the Lord says it's all over, it's all over. So remember who your refuge is. And uh, uh, remember that we're not slothful in business. We're not talebearers. We're, we're those people who want to uh, grab people and hold them and love them, encourage them, lift them up, uh, a smile, a, a handshake fitly given. Uh, I mean, those things change things, Pastor. Mm, yes, and and I think in all this, we want to remember as, as believers, we don't read the Old Testament the same way the rabbi at the Jewish synagogue down the street from us does. We, we see all of this pointing to Jesus Christ, that right. Jesus Christ is the quintessential Proverbs man. He is the embodiment of God's wisdom, as 1 Corinthians 1 30 says. And so uh, when we see this is the way the foolish man acts, he's lazy, he tries to put his all of his uh, his security and his money. Jesus is the exact opposite. Jesus was a hardworking carpenter. Uh, Jesus says, look, it's yeah, this is gonna this the moth and and, and rust are gonna corrupt. Our, our riches. The thief is going to break through and steal this. Don't put your hope in riches. Put your hope in God. There it is. And uh, and, and friends, I, I again, I say this is, a, this is a choice we make. Here's the good news. The good news is we've been able to open the Word of God this morning and look at that. Uh, the good news is hopefully with a renewed vigor, uh, we can every day remember the God's words here and, and how we should do that and how we should be an employer and, and how we should not be a talebearer and, and, you know, those types of things and, and, and God will use them. And, and folks, we started off talking about talebearers and gossips and how they can hurt you. And pastor made this great comment that I wanted to bring up again as we wind down here in just a few seconds. His great comment is we can help. So if you happen to be close to us and Greenville, South Carolina, you can go to the best church in America, in my opinion, uh, Morningside Baptist Church. But if you're not close to us, we have lots of friends. So go out and help the wounded spirits and shoot me a, a message that you're looking for a church. Several hundred times last year, we were able to help you folks find churches, and we want to continue that today. We sure do love you folks. We hope you have a great day. Remember, God is your refuge, and when you're uh, held up, when you're covered, when you're contained, when your safe place is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, you're in the best place you can ever be found in. We sure do love you, folks. We look forward to talking to you tomorrow. And I'll come back. Pastor Crockett will be with us again tomorrow. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly. You must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession 
is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.